Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Wild and Crazy Nights. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hogan for the win. We're going to consistently put players in position to succeed. The most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogan. I don't think that this is a, bit, a full rebuild, but you definitely have to retool your roster. And from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Hey, what's up, Flues? And we're going to have measurable ways for standards of performance every single rep, every single game. Anyway, uh, who cares? Now, here they are. The Adams, Hogan Johns. Oh, welcome in. Here we go. Here we go again, Adam Johns. Again? Well, I mean. Define again. Well, it's the theme we have on this show is that uh, no matter how many of these we've done, they always find new and surprising ways to show us how to lose football games. New and painful. New and painful. And this one's. This one's got to be right up there at the top of. Uh, I don't know if it's at the top of the list because they all start to blend together a little bit. But I mean, there's already been some pretty good statistics being thrown out there about how. Yeah, I mean, the different ways in which the Bears became the first team to ever lose a game in the fashion that they did today. <laughs> uh, what's the stat? The Bears had like a 98.2% chance of. Their win probability. Winning. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, yeah. it was it was there. It was up there. But bad teams find new ways to lose is the old cliche, I believe. Nothing's off the table. Nothing on, is on the table right now. Yeah. Well, um, well, let's start with this. You were inside the building, and um, I'm just curious. Yeah, you are. You were Adam Johns at Fort Field. Um, by the way, thank you to everybody watching us live uh here on youtube as we uh we get to talk about this game and enjoy everything that it was uh uh, tell us what was like in that side first of all it seemed like even just watching on tv that it was a pretty cool atmosphere and you know take away the end result it was a pretty good football game and i i just i i I thought until the end like this was headed to be i mean easily matt uberflus's signature win Ryan Poles' signature win since they came here. But just beyond that, like, what was the feeling? What was the vibe? What was everything like inside the stadium, both before and after the collapse? In terms of the atmosphere, I don't think I've heard Ford Field this loud. And it's something that we talked about in our preview podcast about how this is the best Lions team that we've covered. Like, they've been okay, but this one has like Super Bowl aspirations right now like a deep playoff run like aspirations going for itself right now so the the atmosphere was was the loudest i've heard here um i think the players especially the offensive line and justin fields for a bit struggled with it that's why you had so many delay the 
delay a game penalties. Like they weren't functioning like you need them to, but the environment was to blame. It's the loudest I've ever heard. Uh, it was interesting to hear them boo Jared Goff in certain situations. Like, hello, like, <laughs> come on. It could be well, a lot it worse. Detroit. Yeah, let's, you, it, it is not, Detroit. Let's not forget yeah. it's Detroit. Yeah. But it could always be worse, I guess. And he's, he's playing at a very high level. So that was fun to hear, especially. I, I think some of that had to deal with over playing the Bears. We should beat them up pretty well. Right. And Jared Goff is turning the ball over three times. But just in terms of the atmosphere, the loudest I've ever heard it here in Ford Field by far. Yeah. Um, well, good for them. And uh, if, <laughs> if no, I mean, you know, if they get to host the playoff game, that's going to be a, you know, a great, great atmosphere. No question about it. And Detroit's been through plenty of suffering. So um, no hard feelings there. Uh, I just, John, I guess one of the things we talked about on CHO that is, and I thought about it a lot more on my hour drive home. Um, you heard a lot of talking this week and not that it was a bad thing, I think it was just coaches and the GM answering questions that were being asked of them. But there's just all this discussion this week about what can Justin Fields prove in these final seven games. And you got, I thought, pretty good answers from Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze. And then on the ESPN 1000 pregame show today, Jeff Joniak talking to Ryan Poles. And, you know, if you were to compile that list, plus you had the Ian Rappaport report that came out this morning too, and you could just compile a list of things and it's like, okay, consistency. Can he make the big play down the stretch? Can he, you know, make that game finishing play? What's it look like in two minute drill? All those things. And they didn't let him prove it in the fourth quarter today. He threw one pass. Well, I would say that he almost sort of did prove it with that with that one pass, too. I mean, that, that throw from Justin Fields to Tyler Scott, from my vantage point, was – that was there. That was there. And then you watch the replays. That throw was there. If you watch Tyler Scott slow up on his route, like that's what prevents the connection. That throw was there. After the game in the locker room, Tyler Scott – talked about misjudging the ball kind of I want to say he lost it but he should not have slowed down in his route kept running that ball was there to play that the Bears have practiced a bunch Tyler Scott called it routes on air throw was there he beat his man clean release throw was made he slows up maybe 75 percent through his route and it causes him to dive for the ball I mean that throw is there I, I know what you're saying but they, they trusted that offensive line to eat up eight minutes and 45 seconds of, of the clock at one point. Did they not? Yeah. That was well, something. Well, and for accuracy's sake, there was also the drive. Uh, I think it was the, maybe the third to last drive where Justin Fields dropped back on second down, took a sack. Then on third down, he ends up, I think it was a scramble, running for the first down anyway. It was kind of both the bad and then followed up by the good on two back-to-back plays because his check down was wide open on the sack he took. But that was the first sack he took in the game. Um, I'm talking more about though, John's like the, the second to last drive, just a boring run up the middle into a loaded box on first down. Why couldn't you run some of the stuff you were running earlier in the game where you had those sprint outs and those rollouts and you're putting Justin Fields in a pretty easy situation where he either makes a short throw high, high completion percentage throw where the clock's going to continue to run 
or he tucks it and takes it himself and Wait, stays in bounds. So you are talking about the one that I'm talking about, the three and out. Yes, I'm talking. Well, I'm bounce. talking yeah. about the whole fourth quarter. It just got so conservative. I even down to, and I'm, I'm, I'm. Admittedly, I thought about this more on my way home, and I'm flopping from something I said earlier on the CHGO post game. Because the more and more I think about it, the kill shot was, you're up nine, it's third and one. They fail to get the first down. They kick the field goal. And right there in that moment, I was actually thinking that was the right call. You go you, you go up 12, and that means that they need more. That needs They need two touchdowns. They can't do touchdown field goal. They need two touchdowns. But on the flip side is if you score a touchdown there and make the two-point conversion, it's a three-possession game, and the game's over. So go for the win. Go for the win. You're a three-and-seven football team on the road against the best team in the division, and I, it just it, it was so conservative. They held the ball for eight minutes and forty five seconds. I, I know what you're saying. Like I, I, maybe I just have a different opinion. Like being here and seeing them kind of grind that out. You know, I, I thought that sack he took, like that's probably one of his, his worst plays to put themselves to put himself in that third and fifteen situation where he's got to scramble for twenty nine yards, which was an electric play in that moment. I mean, he's out there dancing. The, the the atmosphere kind of shifted in the building with that, right? Like a, a lot of wind was sucked out of this, this this really raucous crowd, right? I know you settled for a field goal, but eight minutes, 45 seconds, you held the ball that long in the fourth quarter. Like to me, that's something. First game back from a dislocated right thumb, to me, that's something. Um, I didn't think they were conservative. I get what you're saying about like you knew they were going to run the ball, run, run, pass, and you could criticize them all you want. Um, you're trying to eat some clock off. Um, I know what you're trying to say, but I like the play call on third and nine. I do. It was a shot play. If to hear them break it down, so what you had was a crossing route from DJ Moore first, right? Did you go? Did you break down this play? Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah. yeah. Robber coverage, safety comes up. Next reads going deep to Tyler Scott. Put the ball there, man. The ball was there. The receiver slowed up and misjudged the play. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I. That's fine. I still think it's a low percentage throw in that situation. It's you know, and it's supposed to go to DJ Moore. I think both Flus and Justin Fields said that. Um, this is a huge contrast between boring run, boring run. The second one was his own read, and then we're just going to go for the home run down the field. I, I'm talking more about before that when they kicked the field goal to go up twelve. I just. Yeah. And someone else in the comments here brought up a good point that even if you don't end up scoring the touchdown, you're you're forcing them to use their timeouts uh, if you do get that first down. And you're in plus range, so even if you don't get it, you're still up nine with, with plenty of time to go. Maybe it's the same outcome based on how the defense played down the stretch. I just feel like that was your kill shot opportunity, and they didn't take advantage of it. Um, and just overall, that whole fourth quarter... They got really conservative and, and and just one passing attempt. Granted, I think there were three dropbacks, but in the fourth quarter, no, when you hold that, on to the misleading stat, there's, there's yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Stat. There's three dropbacks, yeah. I believe. Yeah, three yeah. dropbacks, but that's the whole quarter. You're saying how long they held the ball. It's just that they, they got very conservative and I didn't. I just thought that 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 was a big reason how your defense saws to make a stop. And I think they're thinking, I know, oh, like, isn't defense- it like, like they're playing outstanding? I could, 
well, not defending what they did. I see why they did it. I, I'm just maybe disagreeing with you in terms of, I mean, to watch them here, like in person, grind out that ball for like nine minutes straight. To me, that's something the Bears rarely do, like in right in the game situations. Well, we're running into a problem here, though, where we're here's the thing about how you win in the NFL, though, because you're talking about a team that now over seven games has uh, at least before today had been the best rushing defense in football over the last six weeks. And then where are they ranking in rushing on offense? I mean, and that's probably going to continue I mean, their top four, I think, in rushing on the offense. Bears. The Bears. Yeah, and they're three and eight on the season. Like, that's great. And you need to be able to run the ball. You need to be able to stop the run. But that can't be the only thing you do, or you're not going to win football games. This is a passing league. I think the argument, let me hear you out. You need more passing yards than 169. I guess, to me, it's a matter of, well, Justin Fields just came back from this good right thumb. It looked like most of this game plan was actually getting him on the move with design runs, read option. And I think that caught the Lions off guard for a bit. They did adjust. That did get slowed down a bit. And then you saw more of the traditional runs. But I guess I just had different expectations heading into to this game for Justin Fields in his first game since week six on the road in this environment. Well, what, what were you expecting? To, the Bears to lose from the start. Yeah. I mean, did you expect the Bears to have a 26-14 lead with four minutes left? Nobody did. No, but I don't think pregame expectations can diminish how – horrible of a collapse. No, no, I get it. I get it, but it should. They were eight point dogs for a reason. Okay. So, well, what do you think the reason is for that? They collapsed because their defense couldn't get off the field. You need your Emmons and his huge contract to stop the running back in the middle of the field. I agree with that. You cannot have a blown coverage in the secondary where the safety is to get over the top on a deep seven route. Did, did Tremaine you Evans cannot get allow two touchdowns in two minutes and 35 seconds. Did Tremaine Did Ed- Evans get benched? Um, it was Jack Sanborn on the drive, the final possession for the Bears. Well, that's what I'm asking. I haven't seen Flus's press conference. I don't know what got asked and what didn't, but I, I was wondering that myself. That was either uh, we don't trust him in his knee right now or we don't trust him because he missed that tackle. But if you're benching your highly paid Mike linebacker in a crucial moment because you trust the guy that was already here in the first place before you paid that guy. That's pretty damning to me. Yes. Who was it? It was to Gibbs over the middle on second and four from the bears, 45, three twelve left. Jared Goff passed short middle to Jameer Gibbs ran out of bounds at the 32 and he should have been stopped in the middle of the field to force the lions into another timeout situation, at least thinking about it, at least hustle up to the line. But yeah, and then the following play was the the deep shot where Eddie Jackson, I think it was Eddie Jackson, has to be over the top on that. You thought the second to last touchdown? Yeah, the replay made it look like it was maybe on Jalen Johnson, but I thought the same thing. Uh, th- let me rephrase. The replay kind of isolated on Jalen Johnson. So the way they showed it on TV, it was like, oh, Jalen Johnson just got beat for a touchdown and then I going back to how the play originally looked to me I thought that the safety has to be over the top there in that yeah, spot. Yeah, yeah, I want to say Flus after the game kind of confirmed 
really that that on both plays that Tremaine Edmonds has to make that tackle in that situation. And then well, that's the a safety, no-brainer. You yeah, make a tackle. Yeah. <laughs> have to. You, you get paid to do that. Uh, paid a lot yeah. to do that. And then to have Jackson not be in position there, I don't know. Maybe he was looking to jump something underneath. You, we'll have to ask him later. But that can't happen. Like you allowed. I know what you're saying about fields and being conservative. I just look at the clock being eaten up in that situation, but the bears are up 12 points and allowed two touchdowns in two minutes, and 35 seconds. Like where's the pass rush? Like where's the pass rush when you need it the most? They shouldn't have been tired. The bears held that ball forever in this game. Well, and that's something I can't judge right now until I go back and watch the, the film, but I'm also wondering how conservative flu Scott with his defensive calls on those last two drives because off the top of my head, I don't remember a ton of blitzing. Um, Jack and, it seemed, had blitz in his act, yeah. and, and it seemed like I'm talking about on the last two drives. Okay. Uh, I, I'm just wondering, did, because it seemed like they backed up too, and they were letting everything underneath, which, you know, theoretically makes sense. You're trying to let the clock bleed out, but they do have three timeouts at the same time. So, I just I don't think you can take the foot off the gas as much as they did. And again, I'm I might be I need to go back and watch the film on those last two drives is what I'm saying. Um, or at least rewatch the game where I can rewind it a little bit to see who's actually coming, who's not, but it just seemed like even defensively they got a little conservative there. I think sometimes the like you want to keep things in front of you, you want to prevent that explosive play, and the Bears have been outstanding actually in preventing those. The tackling like the, the the yak, the extra yak. Like you have to stop St. Brown for a shorter game than the 16 yards that he got. And he mm -hmm. fought and fought to, to get more yards. And you saw the lines, some of that tenacity that we talked about in the previous podcast really come out. But yeah, maybe I think maybe my expectations were expected the bears for as well as they've played today, but also the past six weeks, like that is a situation for the defense for Matt Eberflus to really make a statement and shut this game down as opposed to your quarterback. Well, and that's why I want to bring in this part of this discussion too, is there's all this talk about like, Oh, Justin Fields needs to prove this, 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 and this. And it's like, dude, this coaching staff needs to learn, how, learn how to win and show that they can win too. I mean, the, the, the record, Honestly, we're talking about quarterback win loss record versus coach win loss record. Like it matters way more for the coach, in my opinion. I could think, you know, I, I think at some point when it's this widespread or uh, you know this bad towards the losses, like it does reflect on the quarterback a little bit. But it, like that's a way more important stat for a coach in my mind. And my, I guess my point is, like, as a coaching staff, you are up twelve points or you're up nine and you have to make a tough decision to go up 12 or try to go for the touchdown to try to ice it. Like these are all things that count towards your job security too. Uh, not just the quarterbacks, if that makes sense. And I just found it a little frustrating. John's after all this talk about what Justin Fields needs to show this week that you got there in the fourth quarter and then you got so conservative to me. And I get they had the one deep shot. Great. And Justin did a good job with that. Great. It should count as a win for him in terms of making that play. But I just, I, I don't know. I would have let Justin do a little bit more. And I'm not just talking about throwing. I'm talking about 
Let him just put the ball in his hands. Let him run with it instead of hand the ball up off the middle. Just put the de- the defense is scared of Justin. That's who they're game planning against. Put well, the ball in your best player's hands. To your point, well, the second one was a read option, and he explained just in terms of what the the lines were showing that it was give all the way. Yeah, they had five men on the line, and the fourth guy was kind of outside. So everything that he said after the game was telling him in that moment to, to give the ball, give the ball. The read option worked earlier. Obviously, the Lions were, were playing the run at that situation. To your point, though, maybe you try some of those quarterback sweeps that they were doing earlier or something like that. Spread them out. QB draw. Like, I get it. The Lions read run, and they read it right in that situation. Well, and that's why I, that's actually a good example of exactly what I'm talking about because, okay, read option. We, we've seen basically this whole season teams take that away from the Bears by they're going to play fields. They're going to they're gonna force fields to hand the ball off. So I don't know why that would be any different in that situation. So you basically know it's going to be a give. Well, they put nine guys in the box to stop the give. So you got to have something off of that. Have a boot. Have something where even if it's Fields running for six yards on his own or making a short throw to Cole Komet or something like that, uh, a high percentage throw where the clock's not going to stop. Just things like that. That's all. I, I just... Well, I think your complaint should be first down then. Like if you're well, yeah, yeah, that is some nuance of it. Yes. Be it's, more it's aggressive. Both, it's both down. of those yeah. plays. I, I think zone read is a lazy run play where you're kind of putting it in Fields' hands. Give him a full straight run uh in the biggest moment of the game. Or on first down, same thing. Like just a straight give up the middle. I don't know. It was it was frustrating to watch that last sequence. And I think fans feel the same way. Um, ball was there. Yeah. Ball was there. All right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Roan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Roan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Um, whatever, What other uh, thoughts do you have from just being that? What was the locker room like? I can't imagine it was it, a joyous depends, place. It, it, there were some optimal. Well, Cole Komet was, I, I think he's had enough. 
Um, I mean, you could ask him when's he, when's he on your show next? Like, this is getting to him Tuesday, yeah. Like, like it's these are close games, but it's clearly not enough for for goal. I, I think Fields was happy in his first game back, but the loss stinks. DJ Moore happy to have Justin Fields back, but the loss stinks. Uh, I think the the shock was amongst the defensive players where they had their opportunity to close the door, like had the opportunity to actually multiple opportunities throughout this game. If you're thinking about like Jalen Johnson missing two interceptions, like multiple opportunities in this game to, to really shut the door on the lions. And they did not and they didn't. So that's the vibe I got in the locker room. There's some optimism. Hey, we just played with one of the, the best teams, not only in our division, but the entire NFC. Like, okay, that's something. But close isn't cutting it anymore, especially amongst those, those defensive players. Like, this is one they should have had, and they know it. Yeah. And, and they were, I thought they were beating the Lions at their own game. You know what I mean? Like, they, they were, they were the tougher, grittier. Right, grit. They have grit written all over their Lions facility. Like the Bears were beating the Lions at their own game today, and it was very impressive. I mean, we were this close to doing a much different post game show where we were talking about the most impressive win of the Poles Flues era, and instead we're talking about just an historic collapse. Which is why, you know, uh, you and I were in agreement. I think we still are. I'm not changing right now, but. You know, when you made the bold prediction that Flus was going to be the head coach still next year, I tend to agree with you. And, but I'm also telling Mark Carmen and Greg Braggs Jr. every single day, can we not make grand conclusions until this whole thing plays out? Because you and I have covered this team long enough to know a lot can still happen in these final seven games. And guess what? Game one of the final seven games. There was a lot of good, like maybe 98% of the game was good. But the other 2%, and I'm just going off the win probability the Bears had. The other 2%, historic collapse. That this matters. One, this one feels to me more on Matt Eberflus and the defense. If, if I'm being honest, like first game back for Justin Fields, thumb, bloody finger, Tough defense, tough environment. Played well enough to win. 12-point lead with four four minutes left. This one's on Matt Eberflus in the defense, where if you're Ryan Poles and you have some questions or concerns, like why couldn't my coach close this one out? Yeah. Um, right, exactly. And just the fact that Flus can, you know, runs the defense now too, even more so uh, to that point. I mean, it's. I think it's both the head coaching decisions down the stretch and then also the fact that his defense faltered as well. Uh, Herb Howard perhaps said, which is the point I was trying to make earlier, maybe he did it more concise and better. He had a comment a few minutes ago, our guy Herb uh, jumping in here, watching the show. Appreciate you as always, buddy. Uh, he said, you're trying to figure out if Fields is a closer. Then the opportunity presents itself and you take the ball away from him. Shake my head. So I... I mean, that's kind of what I'm getting at, too. Um, it would have been nice to see the ball in Fields' hands on first down and second down, and then even the drive before that, third and fourth down. Go close the game there when you have the chance. Missed opportunity, regardless of who you're going to put the blame on. Well, this, this evaluation isn't closed yet. I mean, there's six games left. Right. Well, I mean, individually, 
I, I would call today a W for Justin Fields for his future with the Chicago Bears. Uh, Matt Eberflus, I'd say an L. Uh, Jalen Johnson getting his contract extension, or at least the amount of money he wants, L. You can't drop that pick six. Make the 93-yard pick six. And then he had a second opportunity after he goes to the... Seven-yard, maybe, pick six. So he goes to the bench, he does push-ups, okay, great. And then he has a second opportunity later in the game. He doesn't make that pick either. That was a little bit tougher. It wasn't a... But the first one was, that was going to be a pick six. No one was catching him. And instead, the Lions score on the very next play. That's uh, that was a tough one. So you're talking about Jalen Johnson dropping a pick six. You're talking about Tremaine Edmonds with a just an awful missed tackle in the middle of the field, and you're talking about Eddie Jackson not being in position on a touchdown. Those are three of your best defensive players, two of them who are very highly paid, not making the plays down the stretch, and, and one who wants to be right and. Quite frankly, credit the Lions. They're the team that in the middle of last season figured out how to win. And they've done nothing but win since. I don't know if they're a Super Bowl team. It certainly didn't look like one today, if we're being honest. But they were grittier in those final four minutes and got the win because they made the plays to do it. The Bears are still trying to figure out how to be that team. So week to week league. Can we get a... How about a booming punt from a guy Trenton Gill in a key moment? You're saying you want that, or yes, yeah, he punt the ball in the end zone for a touchback. I was yeah. really upset or about even it. Even in the fourth quarter, like, how about put some real air on that ball? Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. And ironically, the um, the special teams takeaway they got on the kickoff that was a bad kickoff. It was a low line drive. That's like exactly what you don't want. And then they just happened to force the fumble and get the ball back. So they got a little lucky there, but um, bailed their kicker out. Who's been outstanding in Cairo Santos was still automatic. Yeah. Today in Detroit, 53 yarder and, and two more after that. He did his part. But at some point, you got to win through the air. You got to win with touchdowns. You can't just settle for field goals over and over and over again and run the ball and expect to win. You can't do that. In today's NFL, you're going to lose games. That's what the Bears did today. All right. Any final thoughts from Detroit? I know you got to go to dinner. I do. Do we have to get through those through the super chats real quick? Oh, yeah. Oh, we got some super chats. Let's see him real quick. All right. Miles 499. I'm feeling better than I did earlier. Just had to remind myself I didn't expect them to win. Thank you guys for making my Sundays better win or lose. Thank you, Miles. I like that avatar too. rebuilding since 86. Well done. Uh, all day 97, 499. I've seen enough. Bears were competitive and fields played well. We keep the regime and the QB for at least another year. Fishman for president. No. Wow. Okay. Uh, Kellen Thomas, 999. Warren should ask polls one question at the end of the season. Is Flus on the right track? If yes, it's grounds for immediate termination for terrible evaluation. Also, did you see Marty Bennett tweet about the Bears? I did not see Martellus Bennett tweet There's about another uh, question about that as well. About Martellus Bennett? Yeah. All right, I'll have to... Oh, thank you. Kent's bringing it up for us. Uh, Marty, who I know has feelings here. Um, Bears ownership lacks... Futurism, the entire business model is built on selling the past. 
the 85 bears they're always trying to recreate that old product instead of buying into and producing a new product he goes on to say the owners are okay with losing a game but not the brand built on the past uh the bears need an entire rebrand top to bottom and they need ownership that is going to transition the organization into the future they never protect their players publicly you can't trust the organization as a player because you can't relate to the leadership. They can't communicate with the youth. Their audience is a legacy audience, and they're afraid of changing because they don't want to lose out on those legacy fans that make them money. Nostalgia is the greatest marketing tool. I'd be interested in seeing fan growth of the Chicago Bears. How many more tweets are there? This goes on for a while. I think we get the point. Um, but that was a long thread from yeah. Martellus Bennett. And uh, maybe that's a podcast for another day, but I, I mean, Martellus Bennett has been part of the Bears since what 2016, 15? Yeah, when Ryan Pace determined that he was a problem and had to, to trade him, but I don't know. Yeah, but I, I will say, I think to his point, having kids of football fan age, winning does not help breed fandom or when losing does not help breed fandom especially in this fantasy football world where you have access to information about other players i mean you see it all around chicago there's too many kids in the chicagoland area right now wearing justin jefferson jerseys i'll just leave it at that yeah well and i'll just say this about marty like because i got to know him while he was here and you know, he he played for the Patriots. He played for the Packers. He played for the Cowboys. He played for the Giants. And he played for the Bears. Okay, so he got a good taste of how all these organizations are different. And he's also a pretty smart businessman, too. So I think there's some I think there's some truth to what he's saying there. It's, those are the types of tweets where if I'm Kevin Warren, and I see that or that comes across my desk, that's a phone call I want to make to at least understand where he's coming from. Because I don't think Martellus Bennett is just randomly tweeting that stuff just to get a reaction. Let him put his cartoon up on Family Fest on the big screens. What's that? Didn't the Bears let him put his his cartoon up on the uh, the big screens at Family Fest? I think so. I don't know. Yeah, Come on, so. you remember that? Yeah. 100% happened. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. How do you remember that? You never go to Family Fest. That was like the last time I went to Family Fest. Okay. I don't, that must have been one I missed. I don't <laughs> No, They 100% let him put his cartoon up at Family Fest. Yeah, but that's not his point. That's not what he did. Personal I favors. know what he's trying to say, but yeah, yeah. I, I think right. winning cures everything. All right. Yeah, I'm, you seem hangry. I'm going to let you go to dinner. <laughs> uh, we, I, I think that's it for Super Chats. It is. All right. Are you going to uh, Are you going to our place in Detroit? About to. Okay, I'm jealous. I will say that. I uh, that's one of the best restaurants. It's, it's probably my favorite of all the cities. There's definitely cities I prefer to go to, but that's probably my favorite restaurant to go to. Yes, it is. It's one of the best ones. Yeah. So, all right. Um, we're out of here. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns at Hogan Johns, and you can read all of Johnsy's coverage on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You can find me on CHGO and get my newsletter, allchgo.com. Become a diehard there. 
Also, the voicemail line open, 872-205-6022. And I'm sure the voicemails from today will be on. Those will be on uh, Tuesday's show. <laughs> we might have a special guest coming up on Tuesday, too, we're, we're working on. So we'll try to confirm that um, with you in the next couple of days. But we'll, we'll let this marinate for a couple of days. Bears now going to Monday Night Football next week in Minnesota. We'll talk to you on Tuesday. See ya. We see what was up your sleeve? Or- I don't know. What's up yours?